Welcome to Between Heaven and Earth, an internet radio talk show where we help you connect spirit and divine guidance. Lisa Kay, your host, brings you shows that can enhance and transform your life with tips and new ideas for more happiness, abundance, and better relationships. Lisa is an expert on intuition and can show you how to strengthen your inner guidance to empower yourself. Each show is positive and uplifting to inspire your day. Her guest speakers are specialists on self-help, positive thinking, spirituality, and conscious living. Be the best that you can be with Between Heaven and Earth, conscious living for your soul. And angel blessings to everyone. Our show today is called How to Be Happy. We're going to talk about how to bring more happiness into your life and share with you ways you can increase your daily level of happiness. So there's been so much written about happiness, how to be happier, what really makes us happy, what science has to say about happiness, and what is a happy life really like? Is it really achievable? And it's it's really hard to sort through it all, reading all the books and looking at all the articles on, and Googling happiness. Uh, I think most people are naturally seeking happiness, and, you know, certainly why not? I am. Studies have shown that happy people live longer, are more creative, and make more money. And we all know happy people are just fun to be around. And we've all heard the phrase, I just want to be happy. Now, since we're all thinking about happiness and how to get more, what is it we think we're trying to get more of? What is this happiness thing? We usually feel that if we could change things, we'd be happier, right? I'm always thinking, well, you know, the grass is always greener on the other side. And if I could change my life, uh, I would be happier if I could have more money, if I could have a better life in terms of maybe at work, a nicer boss, maybe if I found my soulmate or lose more weight, then I'll be happy. But studies have shown that people um, don't always have a really good view of what happiness is and that we have things in our life that make us happy. We, we just don't always know it. And the things that we think are going to make us happy ultimately don't. Studies have shown that people who have an increase in income or salary can become happier, but only up to a certain point. And that point is where your basic needs are comfortably met. And after that, happiness just levels off. Now, a Gallup World Poll done by Dr. Ed Diener looked at happiness around the world, and I thought it was a fascinating study. He found that in wealthier countries, the people are generally more happy, but they're also more stressed. No surprise there, right? And in fact, in the poorer countries, those countries actually have a very high level of happiness in some of them. So some, you know, for example, like the Philippines has a very high happiness index. They're happy people. So do we really know what makes us happy? Science and scientific research has found that humans are really bad at predicting what will make us happier. In fact, as most of us have experienced, that when we finally get the things we've long wanted, it 
doesn't really make us happy as happy as we thought it would, or the happiness didn't last. Did you ever go on a vacation and you thought it was going to be really great and make you super happy, and then you get there and you're like, ooh, kind of a, it was a little bit of a letdown. It wasn't as, you weren't as happy as you thought you were. The research done by Dr. Dan Gilbert, who's a scientist at Harvard, found that events we believe that are life traumas, things that are bad, such as losing a romantic partner or not getting that promotion or not passing, say, a college test, they didn't have the lasting effect or or intensity that we would have expected. And generally, the unhappiness of those events lasted, according to this research, about three months. And then people went back to their original level of happiness. According to Dr. Gilbert, that's because it's not the event that makes us happy or unhappy. It is that we are creating happiness or unhappiness within us. We are able to adapt and change how we feel, even though we don't realize we're doing it. And I think that's the key. If you want to control your happiness or your unhappiness, you have to realize how you are creating it. So I'm personally fascinated with other cultures and how people live. And when I lived in Jakarta, Indonesia for a year, every day I was able to observe the day-to-day lives of people around me. Of the, of the people, obviously, the Indonesians. It, it was fascinating, absolutely fascinating. And uh, maybe one day I'll either write a book or I'll post a blog about it. But uh, it was absolutely amazing about how people live in a 20th or a 21st century city but still have certain um, views of how to live in you know, the new technology and all that. But even more so than that is uh, how... The culture there is different in a lot of ways, obviously, from where we are in the United States. And one morning on my way to work, we were driving down a residential street, and I noticed a couple of guys sitting on the shoulder, and they were begging for money. And they're sitting there, sitting there chatting, and they were smiling and laughing, and as a car would pass by them, they would stretch out their hands uh, looking for a handout. They were begging. And what surprised me was that these men were victims of leprosy and it left their hands and feet without fingers and toes. And it, and it, it sort of stunned me. And I, all I could think was, oh, my gosh, you know, it's so hard to live here with your hands and feet intact. It must be a terrible life to have no fingers and toes. How could you work? That's the one thing about the people in Indonesia or in Jakarta. Everybody works. Everybody does something. Um, but here, obviously, these these guys couldn't do it because they didn't have anything to, they didn't have, their hands were handicapped. But what struck me even more was that they looked so happy. They were laughing and giggling and they were, you know, heartily telling each other these stories and they were just really enjoying themselves. Uh, and I was, I was stunned. I, and it was so stunning to me that the image stayed with me. And it made me realize if they could be so happy, why couldn't I? In fact, studies have shown that many people with disabilities, such as being paraplegic, you know, where you're paralyzed, you can't move your arms or legs, they're able to adapt to their condition and report at the same level of happiness as those people who are not disabled. That's not to say every all of them, but, you know, they're a good portion of them. Now, most of us would think that's not the case. 
So I wanted to go over a few misconceptions and myths about happiness because I think that's going to help you learn how to be happier. Myth number one, some people are just happier than others. And that is the myth. We just feel, oh, well, you know, some people are just happy people and they're just always happy and I'm not a happy person, so I'll never be happy or I'll never be as happy as they are. That's a myth. So what this is referring to is our, quote, happiness, quote, set point. And what that means is we all have a baseline or a particular average level of happiness for each of us as an individual. And that is called our, quote, set point. It was thought that our set point was fixed at birth and that some people had a higher set point than others, meaning they were just naturally more happy. There were happy kids, happy people. And I, I believe that's true, that you know we have a nature that some people are happier than others. But what researchers have found is that we can actually change our happiness set point level through our own choices and actions. Our happiness might be partially determined by our inborn nature, right, than what you're born with, your innate nature, or by your external circumstances, but the rest of what makes us happy is under our control. And research has shown that up to 40%, 40%, of our overall happiness is influenced by the choices we make and the effort we make to cultivate happiness. So our overall happiness is influenced by these choices that we're making and also our effort that we make to cultivate and grow our happiness, be be happier. Further research in neuroplasticity, I love that word, neuroplasticity, which is the ability to change the physical functioning of your brain through what they call conscious training. So you can actually change the physical functioning that neuroplasticity, it's, uh, your brain is plastic, it's changeable. So further research, and it shows that we may be able to increase this percentage of happiness in our life and change that set point. So you can actually increase your average level of happiness even further than what you're used to or what you were born with. And I think that's awesome. That's something we should all strive for. Myth number two. Happy people are not very bright. Okay. So you think, well, ignorance is bliss, right? Um, That's not true. That's a myth. Happiness isn't related at all to your intelligence, and that's good for everybody. So whether you're dumb or you're not, or you're smart or you're not, um, everybody can be happy. Myth number three. Younger people are happier than older people. Well, this was really fascinating to me. It's, it surprised me. The research has found that middle-aged people and seniors are happier than young people. And it seems to have stood the test of time across generations over and over again, you know, whether they've studied it now or, or way in the past. Older people tend to be happier. And now maybe uh, with age comes wisdom, which can lead to more happiness. But certainly it seems that You know, happiness grows as time goes on, so that's something to look forward to. Okay, so number four, happiness is self-indulgent or selfish. Well, that's far from it, because when you're happy, others are happy to be around you. And happy people are more likely to be giving, express more positiveness, which everybody feels is great. 
when you know you're around a happy person and they have more gratitude than those people who are not so happy you know a lot of books have been written on happiness and uh had to, and certainly when i have counseled and coached others you know that's certainly what everybody's striving for how to be happy and in looking at and researching how to be happier um there there are actually a bunch of myths out there and we went over a few of them. Uh, this is the last one, number four. Happiness is self-indulgent or selfish. That's a myth. And again, as I said before, you know, when you're happy and, you know, people are happy to be around you. Don't you like to be around happy people? Um, you know, I think, I guess they, they've also done studies where, or and they've got groups that laugh, right? And they find that laughing is contagious. So happiness is contagious. And happy people seem to boost the happiness of the people around them, of others. Some of the happiest people on earth are those who are enlightened, who are spiritually enlightened. They're the saints that walk among us. And they're often great teachers who want to spread that enlightenment to us. They find life very amusing in term, in, in light ways. Um, they see the, 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 the humor in things. They see the, uh, the lightness of being, right? So, so there are plenty of reasons to be happier. One reason is you can increase your happiness for yourself. And the other reason is that it's good for you and everybody around you. So you can help others as well. And you might have found that when you're happy, other people, it lightens other people's moods. They can be happy with you. Now, one of my main goals has been to be happier in life. I guess like a lot of people, maybe you as well. And in my own search for happiness, I looked at who was happy and I tried to figure out why. You know, I like to look at others and see how they could be an example for me and what I can get out from them. Uh, get or learn from them. And I, I also think that's why I'm interested in what I call everyday spirituality and how the universe works so I can figure out the best way to live my life. If I can do that, well, then it seems I would be much happier. In the process of learning and discovering things about the world around me, I learned about people. I always wondered why, you know, some people are so much happier than others. And being happy were, happier was an internal goal of mine. It, it's you know, and I think it should, would should be for everybody. You don't have to be happy on the outside. You want to be happy on the inside. And at this point in my life, I think I'm the happiest I've ever been. And most of the time, you know, if other people were to ask me, you know, are, are you how happy are you? I would rate myself as very happy and content. In fact. Um, you know, I look around and I feel, even though, you know, we have down times and I have down times and I have difficult times in this past year, uh, this, I guess the past six months has been very difficult for me. Um, but generally, I think I'm happier overall than perhaps had I had a bad year, you know, 10, 20 years ago. And in fact, I wasn't always this way. When I was younger, I was generally not happy. I was just trudging through life. But in this drive, this quest to improve my life, I've discovered what works and what doesn't. And science has shown these things not only, you know, work for me, it works for a lot of people as well. So I wanted to share that with you. Dr. Ed Diener, and if you want to look him up, that's spelled D-I-E-N-E-R, Dr. Ed Diener. He 
was a researcher on subjective well-being, which is, no, I guess the scientific way of saying happiness. He was a researcher on happiness. What he says is that happiness is deceptively simple. Simple. Happiness is deceptively simple. It's about being satisfied with life and experiencing more positive emotions than negative ones. So happiness is simple. Uh, and maybe it sounds a little too simple, but, you know, being satisfied with life and experiencing more positive emotions than the negative emotions. So ultimately, what that means is you can define what happiness is for you because your emotions can be under your control. You can choose to be happier by choosing actions and things and thoughts that give you more positive emotions. And sometimes that can just be, you know, something that you look at that makes you happy. It doesn't have to be something big. You don't have to go on a big vacation. And as we've seen, we really can increase our level of happiness and raise that set point so that we're overall happier. So how do we do that? How do we increase our level of happiness? Well, there isn't one thing that can lead to happiness. Uh, So having more of this or that or just doing one practice, uh, one thing is going to do it. You're probably going to need to do a few things. And that's okay because not... You know, everything works for everyone, which you find what works for you. Now, we're, we're all going to have ups and downs, just as I said. Life goes up and down. That's the way it is. And we go through a range of emotions for all kinds of reasons. And these feelings come up that we don't have control over. But what we do have control over is how we react to those feelings. And that often determines what we're going to feel next. And that's key. Our minds seem to work in synergy with our feelings, works in tandem, sort of a dance. So this is how it works. We have a feeling or an emotion that comes up. And when we think about it, we go, we recognize the feeling. Oh, I feel a certain way. Then we have to justify it with our thoughts. That's where we have the point of inflection where we can choose. So all of a sudden a feeling comes up. Oh, you feel a little down or you feel sad. um, And you start to think, well, I wonder why I feel that way. Your mind recognizes that feeling, I'm angry, I'm sad. And then we attach a thought to it. I'm angry because so-and-so happened. Or you search, you know, I'm sad because, well, obviously it must be this, must be that. And then we justify our feeling by adding more thoughts. Well, I'm right to be angry because of such and such and so-and-so. Or I'm justified, I'm right in being sad because of so-and-so and such and such. And that makes us start to feel more of the same kinds of feelings. And then we think more of the same kind of thoughts. So then it escalates. It starts to go in a cycle. And before you know it, it's snowballed into either rage or depression. Or the feelings and the thoughts linger, and that just ruins your whole day, right? If you think about it, thinking more about negative things doesn't really help the situation. It just makes you feel bad. So we have to get control over that cycle of thought and feeling. And maybe the first feeling was is justified for whatever, or maybe it just is. Um, and but we don't need to we don't need to exaggerate it by feeding it with more thoughts that create more bad feelings, right? Now, while we might be very justified in feeling the way we do, we may not want to hang on to all those negative emotions. We you know, you don't want to create more of them. So the key is to recognize when your thoughts are generating emotions that you don't want and stop that cycle. 
So how do we do that? Usually, if you fight against something, it makes it worse. So what do I mean by that? It's, it's kind of like saying, don't think about elephants. And then all you can do is think about elephants to try not to think about them. So the better thing to do is to let those thoughts go and replace those negative thoughts with positive ones. So, you know, replace elephant with a giraffe or your dog or your cat. And you'll be thinking about something that makes you happy. Sometimes that's, it's simple, right? It, it just means thinking of something else. Certainly you want to think of something good. And you do have a choice over the thoughts that you entertain in your mind. You can cultivate positive thoughts, and those thoughts can create positive feelings and emotions because it goes the same way with positive thoughts and those positive emotions. So a lot of times, you know, sometimes people will feel good and they'll recognize why they feel good and they do think about more things. Maybe it was a, a great party or vacation or being with a loved one. Uh, and other people, you know, we're, sometimes we're trained to stop that positive thinking or that positive feeling because we feel like, oh, you know, if I think about it too much, then it's, then something bad is more likely to happen. It's kind of like uh, one of those cognitive bias things. You know, we, it, it doesn't make sense, but that's what we end up thinking. We think um, if we hang on to the negative, then we're going to be safe. But that's, you know, that, that's not necessarily true. So you have to train yourself to think more positively, think, recognize your positive emotions and your thing and the thoughts that generate those. And the thoughts might be good memories or it might be something new. Sometimes I like to think about all the great possibilities of what can happen in my life. And I imagine it, you know, that's part of manifesting uh, a, a reality in the future, right? So create, you know, it's a daydream. It's a dream about how wonderful things could be. And that creates positive emotions. And when we have more positive emotions, we're going to have more happy moments. And that's going to help us become more resilient to things that are negative. And we're going to be able to bounce back from those negative things that happen because we can cultivate this better feeling, this happy feeling more easily. You practice it in. So that, that's key. I think that's really, really important. The next question is to ask yourself, what makes you happy? No one thing leads to happiness. There are often many things uh, that can make you and, and do make you happy. Sometimes we're not really sure what, what makes us happy. But this, the first step is to recognize when we are happy. And that means to practice noticing our happy moments. Um, I've got into the habit of noticing when it's beautiful out. Uh, when I'm driving around and part of it, I taught myself by wanting to be an example for my son. So ever since he was little, I'd always, if we saw a beautiful sunset, if I, you know, I, I noticed it, uh, if we drove through, you know, the day was gorgeous day. I said, Oh, what a beautiful day. Look how gorgeous it is. Or driving down the road and seeing a beautiful vista, which might be, you know, looking over water or maybe even a pretty house, you know, hey, wow, look at that. Look how beautiful it is and take that, that moment to allow yourself to enjoy it and be happy about it. It might even just be the blue, blue, blue sky, maybe just a sliver of it. Maybe you live in the city and you can't see the trees, but you can see the blue sky. So take a moment and enjoy the happy one. Enjoy the things that make you happy. It's really, it's really important. Um, and 
Also, you can do that when you're with somebody who makes you happy. Uh, sometimes, you know, we, we have so much fun with certain people, whether it's a friend or maybe we're just talking to someone or maybe it's somebody watching on TV and it's, it's making us laugh. They're making us laugh. They're making us feel good. Recognize when you have that. Remember it. And recall it when you're feeling down. And you're going to notice you'll be more happy. And we'll be right back. Hi, I'm Lisa Kay. We're back. And you're listening to Between Heaven and Earth Radio. And we're talking about how to be more happy, how to have more happiness in our life. So we were talking about ways to be happier. And, you know, we often enjoy our happy moments that have happened in the past. It's almost as if we're happier recalling them when we actually go through them. (laughs) We can experience happiness in the past, but you know, why bother do it in the past? We want to know and we want to be happy now. We want to experience it now. And we can experience that happiness more fully by being a little more mindful. So what does that mean? It means being in the present experience and not worrying about other things or thinking of this or that. It's just being. And get into the habit of recognizing, hey, you know, I'm having a really good time right now. I'm having a good time. And when you recognize that, just pause and just soak it all in. That actually amplifies it. That actually helps you remember it. That actually helps you really be in it. And I think that by acknowledging our happy emotional state, when it happens, it makes happiness grow. I know it has for me. It's really part of you then. It's like, oh, you know, I know happiness is in my life. Now, one of the things you can do is you can create a happiness journal to write down the things that make you happy. And that's going to give you feedback and help you recognize what you really enjoy and what gives you your happy moments. And when you know what those things are, you can go, I'm going to do that again because it was so good. And this also gives you a double bonus because oftentimes the things that make us happy are the things that we can have gratitude for. And the more gratitude you have, the more satisfied you're going to be with your life Because you'll see the things that give you real satisfaction, and that's going to create more happiness. So this is the same thing as wanting what you have rather than what you don't have, or being happy about what you have than what you don't have, right? People who appreciate and enjoy what they already have, whatever it is, have found, have been found to have a higher level of happiness, that higher set point. Now, one of the things I always wondered about was, why is it that certain groups of people are always happy? And Dr. Diener studied happiness in different countries, and he found what the commonalities were in those countries with lots of happy people. And those countries and societies that had lots of happy people had strong communities where people felt they could trust each other. They felt that they had others who cared about them. And it was found that those people who have strong social networks whether it's family or friends, are generally happier than those that don't. And that means that, you know, you can, ha- you can have that social group that are friends and family, or it could, you know, be coworkers. It could people, be people at work, and I know some of you are like, oh, gosh, my coworkers, you know, never. Um, but then some of you have coworkers that are friends, 
And um, they give you some of that support. So recognize that. Or you can go and seek out events and groups where you can find friends of, you know, that are interested in the same thing you are. That There are always lots of volunteer groups. There's always events going on. Take the time to and get your courage up and go out and join a group. You'll be surprised. That's why other people are there, to find people like you. It's part of our biological nature to need the support of others, to be with others, to be in community. We need to feel that others care about us and we need to have people to share our lives with. And it doesn't have to be a spouse. It doesn't have to be a significant other or a soulmate. It can be just friends or other people. Maybe, you know, in some small way, it could just be the person that you meet at the deli counter every day. And, you know, that's a little bit that it contributes to your happiness. It may not be everything or enough enough for to cover all the bases, but it's a little bit. You add it up. Dr. Diener says that this is important to our happiness. And the wider and deeper our relationships are with those people around you, the better. So, And I would add that since you can choose your friends, not always your family, <laughs> you should cultivate friendships with people who are happy and positive. So choose happy and positive people. And if you're happy and positive, they'll want to be with you as well. But, you know, it goes both ways. And as you get happier, it's going to be easier Find people who make you happy and stay away from those who are negative or who bring up negative emotions in you. You know, sometimes you might have to let go of certain people because they aren't making you happy. I know because there, and there haven't been a a whole lot of people like this, but some people for me, I just had to, you know, separate from or create more distance because they were not making me happy at all. Find the people who are happy. And hang out with them. You're going to make your life filled with more happiness. And we'll be right back after this break. And we're back. I'm Lisa Kay, and you're listening to Between Heaven and Earth Radio. And we are talking about happiness and how to be happier and uh, all the ways to do that. I think uh, I think it would be good to think about the times that you were happy and what makes you happy. It could be simple. It could be just uh, a flower, flowers. It could be cool breeze. And it could be certain people that make you happy. Think about the kind of people that make you happy. Part of finding and creating good relationships with these happy people is to work on being happy yourself. Being optimistic, even if it's just a little bit more optimistic than you are now, it's important to help you get that little step towards being a more positive person. And I've worked with a lot of people who are not necessarily really positive. Um, And, you know, they need to do that. You need to work slowly and but diligently and consistently. So set yourself realistic goals. And as you work on your goal, notice and recognize how far you've come rather than how far you need to go. And that's what I've found works for a lot of people, especially people who tend to be on the negative side. Again, just little things, things that make you happy that are small. Use that journal and put it down so that you can go back and look 
and recognize that and try to stop the criticism in your head that is telling you why you shouldn't be happy. Just, you know, practice being and recognizing happiness and happy feelings. Um, again, recognize how far you've come rather than how far you need to go. Here's an example. I just had a friend who bought a, a really fancy camera and she wanted to know how to use it before she went on her vacation. And she wanted to figure it all out, figure out all its special features and be able to use every single function. It was a complicated camera, but it had a, you know, it also had a function where you could just basically, you know, push the button and then you've got your picture. Um, but she gave herself a month to learn how to use the camera and she felt, okay, a month should be more than enough to learn how to use this. And now again, it was a sophisticated camera. And when her departure date for her vacations came up, she was really disappointed that she hadn't learned everything the camera could do. And so I asked her, are you able to take photographs? And she said, yes. And I said, do they come out? Okay. And she said, oh, yes, they come out really good. And I told her, well, then you should be ready for taking pictures on your trip. And then she realized that she had learned a lot more than she needed for what she wanted to do. And then her disappointment turned into excitement. So sometimes it's the way we look at things. You know, we... We don't see how far we've come. We only look at where we wanted to go. And, you know, it's fine to set your goals high, but don't kill yourself when maybe you've set it very high, but you've come a long way and you've gotten close. That's still a great accomplishment. So how we look at those accomplishments and how far you've gone to attain your goal has a really big influence on your positive or negative emotions. And going back to Dr. Diener, who, again, looked at the happiness around the world. He looked at 150 countries. He found that those places where people are really competitive were less happy than those places where people were not comparing themselves to others. So when you set your goal and you set them to compete, compete with yourself, like improving yourself from where you are today to tomorrow, um, it's better for you rather than trying to compare yourself to someone else. And that's going to help increase your happiness. We often have a choice as to what we surround ourselves with or what we engage with. Like I like to read uplifting books and that always puts me in an optimistic mood, a good mood. I look for authors that are positive and see the world as a good place and is moving towards getting better. So for example, Louise Hay is one of those authors. And Louise, who's in her 80s, she's actually, I think she's in her high 80s, um, or 85, 86. Uh, she said in an interview with Cheryl Richardson, this is what Louise Hay said, quote, life has gotten much easier for me because I've learned how to plan my experiences. My positive affirmations go before me, smoothing the way. I make a point to anticipate what I'd like to experience in the future. For instance, today I needed to do three errands. So I affirmed, this is a glorious day, and every experience is a joyous adventure. As I entered each of these three different stores, I found lovely salespeople making friendly conversation with me. One clerk and I even laughed and laughed over something silly. Each of these experiences was a small yet joyous adventure. 
Part of the wisdom of aging is to find joy in even the simplest situations. When we live our lives to the fullest, we're going to make the little things in life wonderful and good and important. That kind of reminds me of sometimes, you know, when I'm, you call up the help desk or I call up uh, somebody, you know, the, the, um, the contact number for a company or something. You know, those are people on, they're people on the other side of the line. You know, whether they're here in the United States or they're in Mumbai or they're in the Philippines, they're still people. And I love to talk to them and I talk to them in a friendly way. And, you know, the same thing happens. Sometimes we have a lot of fun. Uh, so that's something to think about. I remember also one time I was talking to a friend and she had just gotten the news that her boyfriend dumped her. He broke up with her and she wasn't happy about it, of course, but I was surprised that she wasn't more upset. And when I asked her about it, I said, you know, how come you're not really upset? She said, well, things always change. And even though she knew he wasn't coming back, she still had a positive outlook. So yes, it hurt. And yes, she was upset about it, but there was still positive um, thoughts mixed in there, which you know, it was an optimistic view. So it's having that positiveness that really helps you bring, bring you back to that uh, better feeling. Optimism and surrounding yourself with positive things goes a long way. And that also goes for what, you know, you watch on TV. So for me, my favorite shows are usually positive documentaries or something like on the Food Network, though that's kind of changing a little bit into these competitive shows. But I like to watch, um, you know, when you're watching cooking, that's not, um, that's not got the competition in it. It's, you know, it's kind of hard to make that negative. Um, or, you know, looking for things like, um, uplifting music can also do wonders for your mood and bring you up. And I try to practice that list. I have a playlist that is called, um, I think I say star or, or, you know, um, star plus or something like that. And that means to me, that's all beautiful, positive music. And I listen to it and it makes me feel so good. There are other external things you can do to increase your overall happiness, like exercise and eating healthier foods. I know you heard that one, but you know, physical movement of exercise, even if it's just walking, will create endorphins. Those are the chemicals in you that make you feel good in your brain and helps your muscles get rid of toxins in your body. Most people don't realize that that that's one of the ways the toxins get out of your body because it's um, the way the body works. You have to move. And also watching less negative TV and a little more exercise could just, you know, I think it could actually move your happiness set point just a little bit higher. And remember, a little at a time adds it to a lot later on. Now, the last thing that can boost your happiness is spirituality. Spirituality can bring you into the present and have a more more meaningful experiences. It can also help take the weight of the world off your shoulders. So how does it do that for you? Well, knowing that there's something greater than us, believing that we are being guided and taken care of by something larger than you is a great relief. And the more you can grow your faith in that, the more comfortable you're um, you're going to feel as you go through your ups and downs in life. And that's why I feel uh, that it's, you know, I love believing in angels and knowing that they're there giving us messages of divine guidance and helping make life easier. It's, it's a really great comfort to me. 
And I also believe in that universal plan that's co-creating our experiences and manifesting for us. Rather than feeling, oh, it's all up to me, all on my shoulders, you know, having that trust and that support that we need contributes to our feeling happier and more secure. So a happy life is attainable. We can change our happiness and set point and we can raise it so we're generally happier. You know, I know it's worked for me and I know it can for you. Uh, knowing that there are things out there we can do right here and now to achieve a happier life is wonderful. We don't have to wait for the future. And as I've pointed out, uh, you know, we're not always so great at predicting what things are going to make us happy anyway. Um, so it's better that we get happiness that's derived from intrinsic things, things that are within us, things that are our experiences with people. You know, it's not necessary material things, um, Think people who can support us and love us, experiences and attaining personal goals that where we can uh, do activities that give us joy, surrounding ourselves with a positive environment are things we can do to make us happier, and choosing to think more positive thoughts so we can experience more positive emotions. So these are all things that we can do to make us happier, and it does work. It's worked for me, and that's what I'm all about. I'm all about you know, what is it we can do to make life better? What's that everyday spirituality? And that's what I'm interested in and also why I study intuition because, you know, that's how we go within to get the divine guidance from within to show us the way. And if you're interested in what I'm interested in, let me know. Write me a note. Go to my website, lmk88.com. And if you go to the contact page, you can send me a note there. I read every single one, one of them. Or sign up for my newsletter. I'm going to be writing more about these kinds of things, how to make you happier, what is how to bring more spirituality into your life, and how to develop your intuition. That's what I'm all about, and that's what the show is about. And if you want more, I'd love to hear from you. So again, go to my website, lmk88.com, and you can sign up for my newsletter. You're going to get a lot of goodies from that because every few days you'll get a workbook on how to, uh, different things. One is how to connect to your angels. One is how to, um, a free ebook on how to practice and work on your intuition so you can find happiness and the path that will make you happy in life. LMK88.com, go there, sign up. We're going to see you next time. i got a lot of great guests for you, and they're going to show you how to have a happier life. Angel blessings to everyone. We'll see you next time. Bye.